Good morning to some of God's people. Help me out, Brother Gary. Good morning. All right. I I was saying to some of God's people, hoping that we had folks here who were ready to say, if you got your you got your Bible. got your voice and want to help us sing come ahead this morning um, if you would though stand with us this morning let's go to the Lord in prayer glad thankful to be in the house of God today glad and thankful that you're here with us brother Keith would you open us this morning This morning, many birthdays. <laughs> she did get old, Gary. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Anniversaries. Where's my my brother Don got here? You gotta get for me. <laughs> All right. Page 250 in your blue book. 250. I'm too new.
269. Two fifty four. 
heavens do believe. for one of these days we'll meet our Savior in the skies. I'm looking forward to that uh, time of fellowship, that time of reunion, uh, that time of strength. Any spoken prayer requests this morning? Any unspoken? Amen. Glad to have 
Kayla, Jacob, Jody, and Baby Marshall today. I'm thankful for that. If you ask Jody what his name is, it's Baby. So, but uh, glad for that. Do remember one another in prayer. All those on our prayer request list, lift them up and uh, do that. Would you stand with us this morning? Ushers come. Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we come before you, dear God, thankful and grateful, Lord, for the many blessings you give us. Father, grateful today for the faith that we have in our hearts for thee, dear God, the love, dear Lord. Father, we pray this morning that you'd help us to do that which we need to do and be that which we need to be. Dear God, I ask you this morning, touch the needs according to your plan and purpose for their lives. Help them, precious Lord, I pray, Father. God, you know the unspoken, dear Lord. We ask you, Father, to touch those. Help those, Father. We pray, Lord, that you just help us to, through this service and everything that we say and do, dear God, will be for thy glory. Father, I ask you now that you just anoint and touch and bless the offering. Let us use it, Father, for thy glory and for thy name's sake. We'll praise you, Father. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. <laughs> Seventy-six in your red book this morning. There's power in the blood.
power in the blood. All right, you're going to have to help me out a little bit this morning. A few amens or oh me or get out of here, Ernie. I mean something, all right? Just It's too quiet. It's too quiet. And I can't see that good anymore. It seems like long distance seeing is a little harder for me. And so I don't know if your eyes are open or closed, you know. Uh, but anyway, I am glad to be in God's house this morning. And I'm glad that you're here. So, all right, special this morning. Did you have one or did you, did you have one that's playing on the thing?
Oftentimes we don't think about the miracles of life outside the miracle that we see in the life of the newborn babe. But I remember the day that I got saved and that miracle that was in me was life. And I'm glad that along life's way that Times when I have messed up, God's never give up. And he keeps working that miracle over and over in my life, just showing me that I'm loved and I'm desired. And I'm thankful for that this morning. I want to talk to us just a little while with the Lord's help and your prayers about a thought of rejected. I was studying rejoice. The longer I studied rejoice, the more I began to think about some things. And then I come to a point and I started looking at the word rejected. There would be more rejoicing if there was less rejected. I'm talking about God this morning. Not talking about life in general because you know what? There are too many things in this life people are rejoicing over that God has rejected. If we would start rejecting the things that God rejects instead of rejecting God, we would be in a lot better position, be a lot better in our lives. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to start in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8. And if you would stand with us, we'll read the passage here that we have and then we'll go on. 1 Samuel chapter 8, I want you to look at this very carefully with me this morning. It said in the Lord in verse 7, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Father, this morning I thank you for your love, mercy, and grace. Thank you, dear God, today for the many blessings you give us. And ask you, Lord, this morning to help us to do thy will, to praise thy name. Help us, Father, to teach through thy word. And help us, Father, to receive and apply it. For these things we do ask and we do pray and we give you glory in the precious name of Christ Jesus. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. It's real easy to kind of take the text and see what's happening here. If you start in the book of Genesis, in the first chapter there, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and you look at that and you go through all the way up into this point here, we find that God has been the leader of the people. God has brought them out of Egypt. God has brought them across the Red Sea. He's brought them through the wilderness. He's brought them to the land that flowed with milk and honey. God did all these works leading 
up to this time and this place here. But the children of Israel got to a point. They no longer like to be led by a man of God, so to say, the prophets. They want a king. In so doing, they rejected the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You think about that just this morning. They wanted a ruler that they could physically see, that they could physically touch, that they could hear for themselves what he has to say. They wanted an imperfect ruler, by the way, because man is not perfect, and so they wanted a king, and in so doing, they rejected the king of kings. They rejected God. I'm going to share some scriptures this morning, and if you'll listen to me for just a few moments, I, I want to share with you through the Bible the word rejection, uh, rejected in many places that we find it this morning. There's a few we'll cover in just a minute, but, but, but for the main part, I want you to see this, that man, since the beginning of time, has been rejecting the God that created him, no matter what he has done for him. Does that make any sense, church? Just to be honest with you, how many of you this morning would reject the man that fed you? That's what he did to them. And you say, well, Brother Arnie, well, here, here, let me put it in another level. How many of you, if Publisher's Clearinghouse come to your house this week and said you have now won $5,000 a week for the rest of your life, and you can also pass this along to somebody else for their life. How many of you this morning would say, I don't want it? I'm no dummy. $5,000 for the rest of my life every week, I'm taking. You say, Brother Arnie, you, you, would, you better bet I would. You know what I'd do tomorrow? I'd quit my job and I'd come down here and you'd have to put up with me seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I've got use for it. I can give it away. I can use it for the glory of God. But I'm telling you right now, nobody would reject that. We would look at that as a gift. We would look at that as a blessing. We'd look at that as an opportunity. I mean, we've got everything right. I mean, how many of us would sit there and go, well, I, I don't really need that. I don't think I want it. Even if you don't need it, you'd still be going, yeah, I'll use it for something. I mean, it, it's one of those, and for $5,000 the rest of your week, or the rest of your life, every week here it comes, nobody ever gets there and goes, you know what, I'm tired of it, I'm going to reject it, I don't want it no more. But I'm telling you, you've got a greater gift than five grand a week coming your way if you'll receive it. But people reject God. They rejected God. No matter what God gives and no matter what God does, no matter how he places it in your hand, no matter how he places it in your heart, no matter how he places it in your life, there, there are people rejecting God. Remember what I just said, church. God has done a work in their lives. They have seen God move. They have seen God do things that nobody else could do. And now they say to God, God, I don't want you. I want a king, an earthly king, a physical king. Can I tell you something? Saul could not give to the children of Israel what God was giving to the children of Israel other than sight that they could see. The problem with that, though, is to this, while they seen a physical body, they could have seen a spiritual God if they'd have opened up their eyes. 
I mean, let's think about it, church. Could ever a man part a Red Sea? Could ever a man make a pillar by day, a cloud that, that stayed right where it needed to be and never got out of their sight? And, and, and a fire pillar by night that, that was right where it needed to be, never getting out of their sight? And, and by the way, it was a protected law behind them, between them and the Egyptians. Could, could, could a man named Saul, King Saul, could he say, all right, you guys are hungry, let's bring some manna down from heaven. Let's cause the quail to just fall in right in place. Oh, by the way, I'm such a good, good king. I, I'm a master seamster. I'll make you clothes that will never wear out for 40 years. Now, some of us wear clothes that was wore out a long time ago, but we keep them for 40 years. But our clothes wear out. They rejected God. God tells Samuel, he said, according to all thy, or excuse me, and the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. Can I ask you a question this morning? How is that working out for us? Think about it, church. We don't, we don't put it into terms in this, but... But do you, do you think this? Can I can I ask you? I want to put could brother brother Randy Burris is up in heaven with the Lord, but so I'm going to steal his saying. Can I put the jam on the bottom shelf for just a moment? If we were still following God today, would this world be the way that it is? Ain't no way. Would be in the mess that it is. By, by the way, I would just say this: if the children of God would follow the, would follow God as the way they're supposed to, things would even be different there. Professors of God, were true believers in God, followers of God, things would be different than what they are. We reject God more than we think. I mean, just just look around, church. Look around. How many Christian people are sitting at home this morning because there's no need to come to the house of God? How many Christian people, and I'll put that in quotations this morning, how many Christian people this morning are sitting in other churches today, and I'm not, I'm not trying to browbeat nobody, but they're sitting in other churches today because now they're comfortable. The preacher never says anything about sin, doesn't talk about hell, it only tells them how good and wonderful they are and how their life is such an enjoyment. And, and their kids are entertained from the time they get there to the time they leave. I mean, they've got all kinds of stuff. They've got the pop machines and the popcorn machines and the coffee machines and the donut places. And you can get, and then Mar Mariah says we got to get us an ATM, but you can go to the ATM in the hallway and get your tithe out if you forgot about it. I mean, I, my Bible says to lay aside the first part of the week. You're supposed to write your tithes in and get them out of there. They're not yours, they're God's. Giving your first fruits, not your leftover fruits. But they're comfortable. I want to ask a question. I'm not condemning them all, but how many comfortable people are in hell this morning? They were comfortable in life. But when they faced the judgment of God, their comfort left away. You see, they rejected God along the way. 
In 1 Samuel chapter 15, we'll read these verses, and you know these, you don't have to turn there. You can go to 2 Kings chapter 17 while I'm reading 2 Samuel 15 if you want to. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as the iniquity of idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Saul, you in trouble. In chapter 9, you're anointed. In chapter 15, you're rejected. Not because God doesn't like you, not because God didn't use you, but because you rejected God. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, stubbornness is, the iniquity, is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath rejected thee from being king. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy word. Now, now, listen to me carefully, church. We, we look at Samuel and we look at Saul and we say to Saul, Saul is repenting here. No, Saul is still in mess. Saul was told he rejected the word of God, the word of the Lord. And Saul said, I have sinned. I've transgressed thy commandments of the Lord and thy words. They ain't Samuel's words, they're God's words. Get a point there for a minute, church? Whose word is this? Is it mine? It doesn't say authorized Ernie Imler. It's authorized King James, which is what we know to be the authorized word of God. I didn't sit, I'm not smart enough to sit down and translate. I can barely translate English into English, let alone Hebrew and Greek into something else. I don't understand Latin. Don't want to understand Latin, by the way. But, but this, this is God's word. The rejection of God's word. People are rejecting God's word. See, he said, I have rejected, or I, I because... Excuse me. I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord and rejected thy words. No, he rejected the word of God. Samuel already told him that. And then he says, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Well, whose voice is greater, God's or the people's? We better make up our minds to that one, church. Because we're swayed by the people around us. We're determined to do what is pleasing a lot of times or what's easy, what's comfortable as opposed to doing what God would have us to do. Can, can I ask you a question? When did God say, and I hate going this way sometimes, but it's, it's, it's in the forefront. When did God say it was okay to kill a baby? I still haven't got it, but I've got my sermon there about passing your children through the fire. It, it's out. I've got it. God, give me the opportunity. I'll preach it. When did God say it's okay, Brother Danny, for a man to marry a man? A woman to marry a woman. God never said that. 
When did God say it's okay to have a grown man have sex with a child if the child says it's okay? God never said it. But you let a boy say it's okay to do something the flesh wants to do and they embrace that, I mean like candy on, on a, what do you call that there, an apple, caramel apple. But you let God say don't do it and they reject it. How dare you tell me what to do. It's not my word, it's God's word. Just tear it up. Throw it away. Because I fear the people. I, I'll tell you what, the Bible tells us not to fear people. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin, turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He told him a second time. Saul said, I rejected God's word. Your word, Samuel said, you rejected God's word. And again, he says, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. You're in trouble, Samuel. Well, if Samuel's in trouble, we're in trouble. Think about it, church, this morning. I'm glad that we're, I, I'll just be honest with you, church, I, I don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying we never invited folks to church. I'm not saying we never wanted our church to have people in. I'm not saying we don't pray for souls to be saved. But I'm glad that we're stepping up to do a few things to show people who Jesus is as opposed to just talking about it here. Think about that for just a second. Your light shines out there for the glory of God. And you come in here to get that light refreshed and renewed and strengthened, get a little more charge in your battery. I mean, the opportunity to sit in the house of God and when it's all said and done to know that you've been somewhere where something was said that ought to bring you closer to the Lord. 2 Kings chapter 17. Verse 12, it says, For they served idols. Wherefore the Lord said unto them, You shall not do these, this thing. Think about this church. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by the servants and the, the, by the servants the prophets. Think about this. God is saying to them, don't do the wrong thing. Do the right thing. And by the way, I've sent you the message so you'll know. This is a greater testimony than I am. Every day of the week. God sent the word. Try not to jump too far ahead of myself in that one. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, turn ye, at, turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers. And do that which I sent to you by my servant, the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not hear, but hardened their necks. 
like to the necks of their fathers and that they did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected the statutes and the covenant that was he made with their fathers and his testimony which he testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do like them. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, and made groves and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire. And used divinations, enchantments, sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah. And you go on down there and you'll find even Judah got in trouble. You know why? My Bible's right for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. What do we got here? We got a problem, church. God says don't and they said who cares? God said don't and they said we don't care. We're going to do it anyway. And they did it, and they did so much the more that even this, that when they did it, they caused their children to even go wrong. Parents, your life is a reflection of your belief and your faith in or about the real value of God to your children, to our grandchildren to our nieces and nephews. There are so many today rejecting God, and they're doing it because their parents do it, their grandparents do it. The value is not there in reality. It's something talked about, but it's not something lived. It's something mentioned, but it's not something held. It is like this. The value that we have on God and the word of God is not superseded or should not be superseded by the value of anything else. But it is. Life is more valuable than God. Are you sure, Brother Ernie? Well, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 says he was despised and rejected of men. Now think about this for a second. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Children hide from their parents the things that they're doing wrong. We think that we can hide from God the things that we do wrong. We cannot do that. It does not work that way. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 19, and you won't be able to follow me through all of this this morning, but in chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened to my words nor my law, but rejected it. Now, how do you like that part right there? God says, I'm going to give you what you've been thinking about. Because you've rejected me. You've rejected my law, my word. Church, listen to me. We say it all the time, don't shoot the messenger. But a lot of times we don't believe the messenger. No matter what the message is. 
Or we want to confirm it for ourselves sometimes in this aspect here. And that it's too, it's too much to really believe. But, but I'll be honest with you, church, this morning. We pay more heed to a lot of things in this life than we do to God. But do you realize the attitude we have towards God is also the attitude we have towards a lot of things in this life? In Jeremiah chapter 8, go back with me to verse 1. And at that time, saith the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the king of Judah, and the bones of his princes, and the bones of the priests, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. And they shall spread them before the sun, and the moon, and the host of heavens, whom, whom they love, have loved, and whom they have served, and after whom they have walked, and whom they have sought, and whom they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered, nor be buried. They shall not me, they shall be for dung upon the face of the earth, and death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of them that remain of this evil family, even, which, excuse me, which remain in all the places whether I have driven them, saith the Lord of hosts. Can I, can I tell you something for just a second here? Death shall be chosen rather than life. The rejection of God is choosing death rather than life. The rejection of the word of God is choosing death rather than life. Verse 4 says, Moreover shalt thou say unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Shall, shall they fail or fall? Shall they fall and not arise? Shall, they, shall he return away and not return? When when this, why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. I hearkened and heard, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his own course his, as a horse rusheth into battle. Yea, the stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed time. And the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe times of their coming, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. How do you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? Lo, certainly in vain made he it. The pen and the scribe is in vain. The wise men are ashamed. They dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord and the wisdom of and what wisdom is in them? They reject the word of the Lord and the wisdom in it? Or can I say this? What wisdom is in them that rejects the word of the Lord? The fool has said in their heart, there is no God. And we'll say, well, Brother Ernie, I believe there's a God. My New Testament says, if thou believest there is one God, thou dost well. For even the devil believes and does tremble. Think about it for just a second, church. I, I believe this thing right here is right here. Why? Because I can pick it up and I can hold it. But what good does hand sanitizer do in a bottle? You've got to use it. 
I believe there's a God in heaven. So trust him. Follow him. Honor him. Live like it. Well, it's not that important right now. I, I thought about that this morning. And don't nobody take this wrong, okay? But, but I, I was thinking this morning, I went into the restroom to tie my tie. Boy, my, my neck has been swollen up of late. I guess I've put on more weight. I, I have. I've, I've gained back a lot of weight in some aspect. But, but just swollen, it's uncomfortable. And then I, I thought, you know what? The, the folks at church don't care if I wear a tie. They don't care if I wear a tie. They don't, they don't care if I wear a suit coat. I, I, I'd, I'd forgotten my dress socks this morning at the house, and I didn't even have socks on when I come over here, but I told them, I said, I'm not one of them preachers. i got to have socks. But you know something I got thinking about? Grandma Ferguson always said, a preacher ain't a preacher without a tie. That's because Grandpa Ferguson always wore a tie. You can agree or disagree with that. Preacher's not a preacher. Unless you're called of God in my, my book, as far as those things would go. But you know, I was dressing there, looking at my tie, and I thought to myself this. I thought, you know what? I don't wear a tie for you. I don't wear a coat for you. But sometimes we get more dressed to go to a wedding between two people or graduation or some other formal party than we do to go be with God, God's people. One of these days, I'm going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, I may go during working hours, and, and I'll have on my tan or gray shirt, according to whatever one I put on that day, and it'll say Black Hills Energy on one side, and it have my name tag on the other side. It may be that I go home one day to meet the Lord, and I've got on my blue jeans, and I've got on my, my steel-toed work boots, and I mean, it may be that I'm covered in mud. I don't know. I might be dirty and hot and sweaty. And I mean, I may stink when I go to meet him as far as the flesh would concern. But, but you know what? There's just, God's just got a few days in the week that we honor him with. And he might take me home today and I'd hate to be dressed. Like I was going to a place I wasn't worried about. When I had the opportunity to be ready to meet him. You say, Brother Ernie, he ain't going to look at your tie and your coat and all that. Nope, he's going to look at my heart. But I'm going to tell you something, church. We put more effort into earthly things than we do into heavenly things. You think about it. We'll dress better for earthly things than heavenly things. And we don't think about that. Matter of fact, we'll gripe about having to dress for heavenly things more than we'll gripe about dressing for earthly things. Our, our daughters spend time picking out their wedding dresses. We spend time working to pay for them. Think about it.
What about your wedding garments? Your heavenly wedding garments. I want you to think about it for just a second, church. You didn't come into the house of God this morning. Dressed like you was going to a black tie event. I didn't either. Black tie means it's a bow tie. I'd have on a tuxedo and I'd have on my swirly shirt or whatever it is. I don't know what they call them. Don't wear one anymore. Maybe even wear a cummerbund, which I don't know what that's about either. But can I tell you this? When God calls us out of this meeting, if it was out of this meeting, he's not going to look at the way you're dressed, but I'm going to tell you something. We ought to think about it. The value we place in what we're doing. In Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not excuse me, for a lack of knowledge, because they thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. What does the Bible tell us? The beginning of knowledge, or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. He said, I also will reject thee that thou hast no priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will forget thy children. Can I tell you something this morning, church? I don't want God to forget my children. Matter of fact, I want my children to have a better relationship with God than what I do. And I pray to God that they will. In Luke chapter 9, verse 29, And all the people heard him, and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. There were those that believed, but look at verse 30. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. Jesus talking about John the Baptist. They're rejecting the counsel of God? Do you realize this morning that you and I are sitting here today with the word of God in front of us and the things that I'm trying to get across to you and across to myself is this. Don't reject God. From the beginning of time, God has been rejected. People accept everything but God sometimes. And they'll, they'll reject God over the things that they want instead of accepting God and rejecting the things. All the time we just think, well, we're, we're just not, we just don't go along with you, preacher. Can I tell you this? It started off this way. Saul was rejected because he rejected the word of the Lord. Samuel tells the people, you're in trouble because you want a king because you rejected the Lord. In kings, the rejection of the law, the word of God. In Isaiah, they reject the Lord himself, he's talked about there. In Jeremiah, they're rejecting again the word of the Lord, the, the law of God, the statutes of God. And you go all through there. And in Hosea, he says, my people, and you start, I was going to start in verse 1, but for time's sake, I'm not. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. And I also reject thee. Why? They're rejecting the word of the Lord, church. Let me read to you a few things here. 
And I'll give you a copy of this if you want it afterwards. You can ask us and we'll get you some copies. I'm not going to spend time, but I'm in Psalms 119. Starting in verse 9, we'll end in verse 60 of these things here. I'm not reading all the verses. I'm going to skip through what I've got here. He said, Wherefore shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed unto according to thy word? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. This is thy comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. They that fear thee will be glad when they shall see me, because I have hoped in thy word. My soul fainteth for salvation, but I hope in thy word. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. Thy word is true from the beginning, even every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Thy word, as the psalmist proclaims, the word of God is the comfort that he has, the guidance that he has, the strength that he has, the trust that he has. And then in John 17, 17, Jesus himself is talking to the Father, praying to the Father, and he says, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is true. Saul's rejection of the word of God. The children of Israel, the children of Judah, the rejection of the word of God. All throughout the ages of time, the rejection of the word of God. The rejection of the word of God is going on today. Matter of fact, I will say this church, if we're not careful this morning, we're sitting in the house of God with the word of God, rejecting the word of God. And all the time, you're looking at me thinking, well, Brother Ernie, I just don't agree with you. Listen to me this morning. If I preach Ernie Imbler, throw me out. But if I'm preaching the word of God, there's a difference. We don't think it's that important sometimes, but here's what my Bible says about the word. We know this passage of scripture. In the beginning, verse John, or excuse me, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, it's capitalized, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So all through the Old Testament, when they would hold to the Word of God, they were holding to whom? Jesus. And when they rejected it, who are they rejecting? Jesus. Where's our salvation this morning? It's in Jesus. How do we know? Through the word. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. In who? The word. What did we read back here just a second? Talk about it quickening him. This is my comfort and my affliction. Thy word hath quickened me. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness. And darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent of John. Or sent from God. Whose name was John. The same came for a witness. To bear witness of the light to all men. Through 
him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. This is the word of God that kept coming down, that God kept giving. In the book of Samuel, they rejected God. They rejected the King of kings. They rejected the Lord of lords. They rejected the Prince of peace. You say, Brother Ernie, why are you going back there? Jesus wasn't there. He was the word. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which was not born, nor, not born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And the word was made flesh. Look at that church. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And, excuse me. John bear witness of him and cried, saying, This is whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, before excuse me, for he was before me. Why? Because he is and was and always will be the word. When you want to be saved, you got to believe in the word. You want to go to heaven, you got to live by the word. Well, Brother Ernie, I'm not perfect. Praise be, the word of God tells me that if I sin, I have an advocate with the Father. You know why? Because I will sin. I live in a fleshly body. I'm not supposed to live to the flesh, but I am still in a fleshly body. A lot of times, church, we just use that as an excuse to sin. I'm telling you, church, this morning, you keep rejecting the word and we're going to be in trouble. Because we're not rejecting me. We're not rejecting the Sunday school teacher. If they're preaching, teaching the word of God, you're rejecting God himself. You're rejecting the word. You're rejecting Jesus. Father, this morning, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. God, I'm not fit. 